0: praises of the glory of Jehovah. Paul preached that all is lost save knowing Christ. Little John said he is precious. And adore him When I could see no way He made a way Oh, and did I mention That he's been faithful To every promise he ever made me I love him, that's all I want to say, oh yes, did I mention that I love him, how I worship and adore him? Every promise he ever made me, I love him, that's all I want to say. How many sermons can be preached about this Jesus? About God's Son,
1: there are
0: not enough words, enough notes in the music to tell the story of my Savior and what he has done. him when I could see no way. He made a way. Oh, and did I mention that he's been faithful to every promise he ever made me? I love him. That's all I want to say. him. When, when I, I could see, see no way. way, oh, he made a way. He makes a way. Yes. And yet I mention that he's been faithful to every promise he ever made me? I love him. That's all I want to say. want to say
2: Whispers with peace just the same. He tells the winds when to breathe and be still, and he calms my heart when nothing else will.
3: The God that I, I serve, serve is, is the God, God of Abraham, Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, and Isaac and all who be. Messiah, my King. Again, all who believe, He is the Lamb and the Lion of Jerusalem, Bethlehem's Holy One, Messiah, my King. Savior who died, Redeemer, Deliverer. He is alive, my healer, my helper, my Savior who died, Redeemer, Deliverer. Savior who died, my healer, my helper, my Savior who died, Redeemer, Deliverer. He is alive. Healer, my helper, my savior who died, Redeemer, deliverer, he is alive. Hallelujah. The God that I serve is the God of Abraham, Jacob and Isaac and all who believe. He is the lamb and the lion. Jerusalem, Bethlehem's Holy One, Messiah, my King, Master and Ruler of Heaven.
4: And mercy heard my plea Lord, you found me You healed me You called me from the grave You gave me your real love I thank you, Jesus You washed my sins away Now that I'm living Like I'm forgiven You came and set me free what your mercy did for me you gave me beauty for my guilty stains and now I'm living day to day by his grace so excuse me if I can't contain my praise cause I know That I've been saved Lord, you found me, you healed me You called me from the grave You gave me your real love, I thank you, Jesus You washed my sins away Now that I'm living like I'm forgiven You came and set me free what your mercy did for me.
1: 1230 so somewhere there not excusing us I'm just saying that's our plan But
5: uh. Tim I want to say something real quick um, I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you but um, I, I meant to say something when I first came and maybe Jane or somebody else shared it but brother Goss died last night and um, I, I told Aaron that I would say something about it today I just want to thank God for people like Brother Goss. He came here a few times um, and and preached and Dad used to be in such amazement because he could speak the word as if he was holding the Bible and, and, and quoting it. He was just very blessed and I'm sorry that he's gone but I know that he's in a much better place. And I know that his wife Rosella needs prayer and all of his people that he went to church with and we're just thankful that we knew him and I want you to ask to please remember my husband, Ken, today and my son, Matthew. Both of them are having a hard week and God knows all about it. And I just want you to specifically pray for Ken that the shot that they gave him this week will help him. And I trust the Lord no matter what happens. That song said, he has been faithful. And I just want you to know we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And my testimony today is my husband is living because Jesus gives him breath every day. And I want to thank God for being my very best friend. He knows exactly what we need. He's our way maker, like that song said. He's our healer, he's our very best friend. And no matter what you're going through, don't give up, don't give, don't let the devil steal your joy. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. If I had a chance to sing today, I was going <coughs> to ask Amber to sing my favorite song. So, Amber, just get that ready because we might just do that for altar call. I love the Lord and I thank him for all your prayers. Your prayers are worth more than gold. There's a lot of people that's asked me, what do you need? What can I do for you? What you can do for me and my family is pray. Just pray every day that the Lord has his will, that he gets all the glory for whatever we're doing, whatever we got to go through. I want him to get the glory. He's helped us to be able to witness to people through this, and I want him to be magnified. I heard a sermon on the way here about magnifying what you focus on. I want to focus on Jesus. I want to focus on him. He's the most important thing. If you don't know him, get to know him. I love him.
1: If you got your Bible, turn to the 30th chapter of Exodus real quick. I got something I want to read because all week long my wife has been baking. And when you you walk into the house and fresh bread is being baked, yes, it's good smelling and good tasting. But it. It had something to do with what this scripture says, and I want you to hear it, because my wife's got to where she's very good at making stuff, taste good, and smell good, and good for you, but uh, it is what it does for you. How many knows when you eat something good, it puts a smile on your face? When you get good news, it puts a smile on your face. The gospel's good news. You need to understand that the good news came. His name was Jesus. He was the news that needed to come. We're looking at Christmas time, and I kept knowing that a month ago God put this on my heart, and I'd never preached it this way, so I want you to hear it. But in the 30th chapter, in the 30th chapter of Exodus, verse 22 I want you to see it. The Lord gives Moses an ingredients. My wife would read and look at the ingredients. I can't tell you the first thing that goes into the baking the bread. I can't tell you what makes it smell so good. I can't tell you what makes it taste so good. I, in fact, I'm not allowed in there until I'm told to try something. But, uh, but the real truth is Moses up on the mountain and God speaks to Moses this verse, and I want you to hear them because it's something that struck me right, and I just want you to hear the good news of it. It says, Moreover the Lord spoken to Moses, verse 22 of Exodus 30, Take thou also unto thee principal spices and pure myrrh, 500 shekels of the sweet cinnamon, half, half of so much, even 250 shekels and of the sweet calamus 250 shekels and of casia 500 shekels and after the shekel of the sanctuary and of olive oil oil olive oil olive and hen hen is a a measuring part it's a a measuring a part, of, a part of the olive oil. It says, and thou shalt make it an oil of holy anointment, an ointment compound after the art of apothecary. And don't get all hung up on the big word. A big word apothecary is basically the person putting the ingredients together. He's the mixer. He's like the pharmacist uh, or a person putting the medicine together. They put it together. He's the mixer, okay, and it says, at the art of the Apocarthy, Apicar- it shall be an holy anointing oil, how many has ever heard of the holy anointing oil, we got a little bottle of oil here, when we pray for somebody sick, or we anoint somebody for one reason or another, sometimes they will take a a priest or a king or a prophet and they would anoint people with oil. Sometimes we do it with people that's sick. Sometimes we do it with babies. Sometimes we do it with people just to anoint them because the Bible tells us to do that. James 5.14 tells you if you've got any sick among you, call for the elders and anoint them with oil. What is that oil? That's all them ingredients I just read ain't in there. That's just olive oil. But I want to tell you, God gave Moses an ingredient to stick together. Now, part of that I'm going to show you. One part of it is, his first thing is myrrh. Myrrh is a gum that oozes out of a tree, and it's used for medicine, perfumes, and incense. Sweet cinnamon is a fragrant cinnamon spice with a sweet odor. Uh sweet calamus is a cane reed, a water plant with aroma, and as, and the acacia, the sweet acacia is an inferior kind of a cinnamon spice, and then the olive oil, which is pressed from olives, used in food or medicines. How many sees all that? How many knows when God puts an ingredient together, it's going to be right? God made it for a reason. There's a reason for the, for uh, Moses to put this together. Now, in the flesh, uh, that ingredient would probably have a great aroma, a great smell. If this is holy anointing oil and God's going to anoint people with the holy anointing oil that he told Moses how to make it, how many knows when he anoints something that that scents That scent that comes up, it goes right up to the nostrils of God. God not only established the holy anointing oil, but it's in the flesh. It actually has a great aroma that's rising up. How many sees that? I want you to see it because that's just the beginning of this. But I want you to hear it because it's important. What God established with Moses then, God continues to establish with you and I. I know, the holy anointing oil. We, Like I said, we can get this little bottle of oil. We can pour it all over you. That don't anoint you to do anything unless God would call you to do something or send you to do something, and God wants his people. He draws them together to anoint this person. Now, you know, sometimes people get into this, and they get to be thinking, you know, look at me. I'm somebody. I've been anointed. I've been this. I've been that. Let me tell you something. Get over yourself. Because I'm telling you God's trying to do a work. and Jesus Christ is the only glory that goes to anywhere. It goes to the glory of what He has done. In uh, Psalms 45, I want you to hear this, verse six, it says, "Thy throne, O God is forever and ever the scepter of thy kingdom and the right is, the right, is a right scepter. What's a scepter? A scepter is the ruling part it's what the king holds it's the ruling part and god is forever as he says a scepter of thy kingdom and a right scepter thou listen to the scripture thou lovest right verse 7 thou lovest righteousness and hates wickedness therefore god thy god listen to me god thy god Listen to what he's saying. Hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Who is he referring to? He's talking about when the anointed one comes. Listen to what I'm telling you. When the anointed one comes, he will be anointed with the holy anointing oil. And what is the holy anointing of all? It is the power and the gift of God. It is the promise that it was sent on the day of Pentecost. It is the power of the Spirit of God, and it is the blessing and the anointing of God to put it upon His own Son. This is what I'm telling you. In Hebrews 1, 8, and 9, if Paul wrote Hebrews, this is what he's, he's referring to, the very Scripture we just read. Paul said it this way in verse 8 and 9 of Hebrews 1. But unto the Son, he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness, is a scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness, hated iniquity. How many knows Jesus didn't just love righteousness and put up with the rest of us? He hated iniquity. He hates sin. He don't want you half in. He don't want you part in. He wants you all the way in. I mean, here's what I'm saying. He loves righteousness. His own son, and this is the part you got to understand, why God would anoint Jesus this way. There is somebody that came into this life, a little baby, was born into this world, and I'm going to tell you something from the very day until the day he was 33 and whatever, he ended up dying on a cross. He never did one sin. And the Bible says God said from heaven, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. How many knows that? How many knows a father said about the son, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. Why? He knew that his son loved righteousness Loved who the Father was, came to do the will of the Father, but he hated the sin and the iniquity that went with it. We ain't good enough to just love righteousness. We don't want to just come to church and put on a nice picture. You know, you can take a nice picture, it looks good. We can actually stand up and praise God, it looks good. And sometimes it even feels good. But I don't want to come out here with a good feeling. I want to come out here with the power and the joy. And the gladness in my heart because I am submitted to him. I love him. And I hate the evil of the world. This morning I woke up. And I want to tell you something. I had this dream, this vision. And what did I see? I could see God looking down upon our world. How many knows what God's looking at when he looks down on our world? He's looking on what looked like in my dream was a mist of a dark cloud. And it just looked darker And darker and darker. And it's been getting darker. How many knows what I'm talking about? But in the midst of it, there are prayers and faith coming through and a scent that's going to the nose of God. And he loves that scent. He loved what his son did on Calvary because it brought up a scent, a sweet-smelling anointment that came up to the father's nose. And that's why God still is dealing with lost people. He sees throughout all this world people that's hurt still, that still needs the promises of God. And you know what? He's waiting on them to cry out Father, I need you. In the midst of my darkness, in the midst of all of my troubles, I need you. How I many here's what I'm saying get a hold of this anointing that was on Jesus. Get a hold of it because can I tell you it's passed on to you and I. In Matthew 3, 16, Jesus, it says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open. Spirit of God descended upon him like a descended like a dove and lighted upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven, I just read that. This is my beloved son, of whom I am well pleased. In John three thirty four, for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. Who's Who, who is he whom God sent? Christ. Listen to what John said. He said, he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives him not the spirit by measure unto him. Why did he give him the spirit by measure? Because he knew that he knew everything of the Father, and the Father able to see knows he will be obedient to what he has been called to do. Now, when God calls you and God calls somebody and God puts them on a place, Sometimes he lifts them up and puts them on a pedestal. You know what? You can be a father of a family. You have a responsibility that God called you to be that father. And just like the old, uh, the old uh, uh, movie, It's a Wonderful Life, says, you know what? Without you in that life, guess what? It makes a difference in your family. You need to be faithful, you need to be true, and you need to be wholly anointed of God to do the tasks that God has done with you. He's working a work in you. He's provided a way for you and I to live a life where Christ has came and dwells within us. The power of the Spirit of God dwells in us. The promises of God are all ours in him. And as we live them out, as we walk this walk, our life is an essence to God. It is a smell to God that he loves the scent of it. I know the scripture says, will he find faith? Will he find faith when he comes? I know that he's taken the church out of here, and I don't know who's left. They don't cry cry to God. God is a good God. He's a loving God. You know what I'm talking about. We cannot be hypocritical. We cannot call ourselves in love with God and do what the world is doing. Can I tell you, your stink is going up to God also. I'm sorry, I'm not talking about your odor, your body odor. I'm talking about you smell. You smell to God, and it's not good. And God sees right through it. Is that too hard? I'm sorry. But you know what? I'm trying to get the point across. And it says in, in Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord. This is Isaiah speaking. Isaiah 61, 1. Spirit of the Lord, God is upon me because He hath an, the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, And the opening of prison to them that are bound. How many knows Jesus paid it all, and He provided everything that we need. You need set free? He'll set you free. How many? Here's what I'm saying. In Luke 4:18, when Jesus was walking upon His earth, He walked over and picked up the book they gave Him. The book, and He's. They said, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. I know I'm repeating that, but I'm repeating because it was prophesied, and Jesus picked up the book and read the scripture out of Isaiah to them and set the book back down. What's he said? Guess what, people? The anointed one is here. The one that God had set it up to anoint is here. That's what Jesus was saying to them. They didn't get it. But I can tell you right now, have you ever been around somebody that was anointed of God? Have you ever felt the presence of God in somebody and it almost makes you bow your head? It almost makes you to the place, I don't I hardly know how to talk to that person. They're a righteous person. I've been around old Christians that I can tell you right now, they walk and talk what they're doing. They live what they're saying. And you can feel the anointing and the call upon God in their life. When Mark Roser came here last week, we prayed for him over his trip that he's getting ready to go on. But can I tell you, a long time ago, he was already anointed and prayed for to be a missionary in Zimbabwe. You know, God had called him to be there. Nobody takes herself out of college, going in the route that he was going, and takes off and goes after what God said do and gives up everything for it without God in him is telling him, Go, I will be behind you. And he anointed him to do that work. And you and I have watched God anoint people. We have watched God use people. Not trying to exalt people. I'm trying to exalt somebody that's listening to the voice of God that wants to be a fragrance that goes to the heavenly Father. Peter told Cornelius... In 1038, I'm just hitting one verse here every uh, every once in a while, but it says Acts 1038, And and Peter's talking to Cornelius. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. How many knows Jesus is the healer? God anointed him to bring the message of the gospel to people. It sets you free. It'll heal you. It'll give you a tomorrow. It will erase your yesterday. He will give you power to walk through this life and be victorious. But you got to receive it. You've got to receive it and believe it and hold on to it. Isaiah 53. There's a verse there, and I, you could read all of Isaiah 53. It's talking about how the suffering Savior. talking about how Christ suffered. But I want to read one verse of it. Now, I want you to hear it. It says, but he was wounded for our transgression, verse 5, and he was bruised for our iniquity, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. How many knows all those things were upon him? And it says, with his stripes. We are healed. Listen to what I'm telling you. Did you know that the promises of God are are yours and mine? Don't you know Jesus paid for the promises for you and I? He didn't need the healing. He was the healer. He was the one anointed that brought it to you and I. In 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20, Connie touched on it this morning. All the promises of God are in him are yea or yes. Listen to me, you're a child of God. The promises are yours. They're in him and they're yes. They're not no, I think about it. Maybe later, no, I don't really want to heal you. No, I don't really trust you. God says you bring yourself to him. He will forgive, he will forget. He He will give you the power to overcome. He re-gives you and you receive the promises of God. When it says, all the promises of God are in him, in him are yea or yes, and in him, amen. That means so be it. Unto the glory of God by us. Unto the glory. It's not the glory of God for you. It's not your glory, it's his glory. Unto the glory of God by us. But by us means as we walk this, as we live this, as we love people, as we reach out and tell people about Jesus Christ, as we live our life an example of the gospel, guess what? The aroma is going to people. The aroma is going around you. You're going to either, listen to me, you're going to love them or you're going to hate their guts. I'm gonna being honest with you. You before you become a Christian, you didn't want to be around no Christians because a little light was shining, and that little light'll set you uh, set your little mind to, to the hatred part. Oh, I can't stand to be around these people. That's all they think about is God. That's all they want to sing about. Oh, they count how many songs they sung about love. Well, they're crazy. They lost their mind. Yes, we've lost it. We've lost our way with this world. We found our way with him. That's what we need. Healing is a sweet aroma to the Father. You believe that? You think God don't like good news? You think God don't like it when you get healed? You think he ain't rejoicing when one, you think the angels ain't rejoicing when one soul comes to Jesus? All of heaven's rejoicing, why? Because Jesus paid it all. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he can point and say, Father, look, here comes one. Here comes one with his whole heart. Here comes one with her whole heart. She's saying, Lord, I love you. I want to be a good smell to you. I don't want to stink in your nostrils. You ever met any stinky people? Don't tell me about them. Just think about it. I have. I've, had, I've met people that I thought to myself, they tell me they're 30, and I say, you look 50. You look older than I do. Why life's been rough on them? Because they, they don't smell good. The enemy's got a hold of them and they're living in this dark world and they can't seem to figure out, how do I get to a place where life's worth living? But all of a sudden, faith in Jesus Christ, all of a sudden they see somebody, they might even see it in a little child. They may see that faith of a little child and they say, oh Lord, could I be forgiven Could I have that great peace and rest upon me? Could I go back to a little child and be new again? I want to tell you something. Our Savior paid our price and anybody's price that will come to him. He is the way. The Lord would rather heal than destroy, wouldn't he? I believe that. I think the Lord would rather heal every problem But he wants people to come to him and ask. Ask, seek him, knock him, knock upon the door. Jesus bore our stripes. He bore all those things that was against him for the healing. Not only the healing of the outside body, but for the healing of the inside. He can heal anyone here. I Don't care where you've been or where you're at. He knows all about you before you ever ask. But when you bring yourself to faith and say, Lord, I believe and I'm going to ask. I don't deserve it, but I'm going to ask. I've been asking all my life and I don't deserve anything. But I've been asking because I believe. He has the best for my life. He has the best plan. He will make me smell good even when my underarms stink. Isn't that the truth? He'll make you smell good all the time. I watched my little my little father work in the garden all day long at 90 degrees, have a long sleeve shirt on, walk over there in the shade, and get him a hot cup of coffee. And I gotta tell you, and my brothers and sisters will tell you, he had coffee breath. He did. And he smelt sometimes, but I look back at him and I think, what a blessing! What a sweet smell that came because he loved Jesus and he wasn't ashamed of him. He wasn't ashamed to live that. Sarah, that's who our grandfather—that's your grandfather. He was our our father, but we didn't really see it all till he's gone. When he's gone, we begin to look a little closer. And we realize what a blessing it is. I'm not lifting him up, but I'm lifting the God up that brought him here and brought him to a place where he surrendered his life to him. Ephesians 5.2 says, 5.1 says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. And has given himself for us an offering. Did you know Jesus gave himself an offering for you and me? This is, what, this is what Paul's saying. He says, gave him, he hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. You know what savor is? It's a flavor. He made, he made it. A sweet smell. Go back to the Father. That's why God looks down at him and says, This is my beloved Son. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. He pleased the Father. His life pleased the Father. Is your life pleasing the Father? Don't you know the Father already knows every bit of your life? He knows every step you take and why you step that way. How many knows? He loves you anyway, and he's working on you. It's good that he works on you. Don't ever sit down and say, God's done working on me. I'm already right. Don't have to do nothing else. Get over yourself. You'll run crashed into the wall here in a minute. Get over yourself. You need him every day. Your prayers are bottled up before him when you cry from the depths of your heart. How I many hears what I'm saying? When you've been crying out to God, you might quit, but He never, never erases what you've cried out from your heart to Him. <coughs> this describes this for a sweet smelling, sweet smelling savor, this sacrifice to God that Jesus made of Himself. It is describing the atoning sacrifice as accepted by God. God accepted that beautiful scent. That Jesus gave himself for you and I. You know, that's what the father gave him to plan. That was the father's will. You know, when Jesus was laying on, hanging on the cross and he said, why hast thou forsaken me? Why, oh my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus had never been separated from the father. But the Father looked upon him. The sacrifice was being sacrificed for all the sins of all people. And when God looked down, he saw our sin. But Jesus was a sweet smell. Jesus paid the price. Aren't you glad God sent his son? Aren't you glad this ain't just some little kid's story about a baby coming into a manger? Aren't you glad with the purpose that he had in life? Praise God. I'm almost done, believe it or not. 2 Corinthians, verse chapter 2, 2 Corinthians. I want you to hear this. Verse 14. Now, thanks be to God. Listen to what Paul's telling them. Thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest or makes known the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now listen to this. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ. You are a sweet smell of Christ going to the Father. Do you hear what Paul's saying? He's trying to tell you, stay on the right path. Keep keep walking this in faith and in love and keep holding on to him because can I tell you, you're bringing a sweet smell that Jesus paid for and in Christ you're bringing that to the Father. And it says every time you walk that, every day you walk, every step that's ordered by God in you. It says, verse 15, for we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ. In them that are saved and in them that perish. Uh Uh-oh. To one, to the one we are the saver of death unto death. That means there's people, listen to me, that knows you're a Christian and they hate your fragrance. Can I tell you? They hate what you love. They hate that. Aroma coming from you. When you love people and you love God and that's not normal to them and they can't get there, they hate you for it. And can I tell you, they're, de- they're from death unto death. They're going to hate you. From, and you know what? I can't understand. Sometimes when I look, I told my wife this week, I look around at some of the politicians and the directions that people are voting for, and I say to myself, where is their common godly sense? She said they gave up on God. And, you know, that's why they're blinded, and they hate the church, and they hate god's way and they hate christianity and if they could they'd wipe us out just like they want to wipe the jews out of the middle east they want to wipe us out of this country so they have freedom to do anything they want and you know what we're the restrainer because here we are just sitting around smelling good you know we taste good we smell good isn't that good you know what? I get around other Christians, and I'm, I'm at home. I used to get to work, and I had a, a couple of guys. I Every once in a while, I get to work with R.D. Phelps and Jack Fee. And they were two precious brothers. One come from a Nazarene church, the other from the Church of God. But I have stood and held hands with them and prayed. They prayed over Shirley, and she got healed. But we stood in the, and we prayed, and I would watch him. I'd watch R.D. stand back there and swing back and forth like this with his arm behind him. And sometimes he wasn't paying attention to the boxcars. I ran into stuff a couple times. But the truth is, he'd be singing away the gospel. You could see the tears rolling off his face while he's out there on the railroad just singing away. Let me tell you something. He put off a good fragrance. He was an elder to me and I thought the world of him. Sometimes he could aggravate me. But you know what? I couldn't keep from loving him. I loved who he was. He was a man of God that surrendered it to him. You know what? We need to be those people around our family. We got the opportunity to be with our family. Love them while you got a chance. Be a good smell to them. Be a good fragrance to them. God has brought the holy presence of God upon you to make you live a life that is sweet smelling to him and he will cause it to go to others. He said, from death unto death and to the other, the savor or the flavor, the fragrance of life unto life. And who is Who is sufficient for these things? Who's good enough to do that on their own? Nobody. Only the gospel in us is sufficient to make you smell like you should. To make people say, wow, I don't know what's in that guy, but I love it. I don't know where that girl got her her Christianity, but whatever it is, I need it. It needs to be a part of me. I wish I could get there. Don't you understand? That's the witness that we're doing. The Holy Spirit in us. That anointing in God's people. Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 2. For we are not as many. Listen to me, Christian. You can't be this. You can't be the other way. For we are not as many. As many people which corrupt the Word of God. How many knows there's people corrupting the Word of God? They're tearing it down. They're deceiving people. They're telling you stuff to make you feel good when you go home today. But can I tell you something? You still don't smell no better. I'm sorry. I'm going to leave a bad odor in your mouth all day or odor in your nose. But I can tell you something, we need to smell right. We need to smell of the fragrance and the love of God. I want to be like Jesus, don't you? Don't you want to please the Father? Don't you want the Father pleased with your life? Are you a pleasing, are you a, a good fragrance to your children, to your wife, to your husband? Are you a good fragrance? Or do you smell? I'm sorry. It's just what it is. And I believe it's in God's word. I believe it's bringing it out clear. That sweet aroma that God intended to be put on his anointed. We are the anointed people of God. A holy nation. A peculiar people. The world knows it. Sometimes we don't explain it too well. But the real truth is sometimes I get around people and they're just so nice to me and I think I'm no better than you but they know the presence of God. They know something's bothering them and you, and you know it ain't tooting nobody's horn. It ain't tootin my horn. It ain't tooting nobody. I'm trying to walk for Jesus. That's all I'm trying to do and that's all you're trying to do. Represent him in everything you do. For We are not as many which corrupt the word of God but as of sincerity but as of God in the sight of God speak we in Christ. Praise God. I added this one verse. One verse. Matthew 5.13 You are the salt of the earth but if the salt Has lost its savor. Wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden under the foot of men. You've heard that all your life. We're the salt of the earth. What makes us salt? When you walk into the room and you make the smell better, because you carry the presence of God with you. I'm not ashamed to be a child of God wherever I'm at. I go to a ball game. I, we, A bunch of us guys got together before my dad died and took my dad down to the Reds game. And we looked like the mafia. It was probably about, <laughs> probably about 10 of us that were over 6 foot tall. And Dad's this little short guy with his tam hat pulled down, with his coat on, and we were watching over him. But you know what? We tried our best to set him in the middle. And all these college guys got on each side. And while we're sitting there, Dad's wanting to watch the ball game. The old get moody with your hoodie come down the aisle. Started passing beer across. And we were trying our best to go around Dad, make sure Dad didn't have to touch nothing. And they would pass money one way and they'd pass beer and wouldn't be 10 minutes, here they come again. And all of the game, it was aggravating because the enemy had moved in and tried to take that little spot. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to say we're better than anybody. You can't show up on the enemy's ground and figure you're going to change everything, I realize. That. But it was a little different years ago. People were respectful. It's just not that. But we're the salt of the earth. Fragrance gives off a sweet smelling odor. The savor, when the salt has lost its savor, it's giving, the savor is giving off a taste or a smell. Do you taste good? Do you smell good as a child of God? Do you represent Christ? What is it that's coming out of you? What is it that God needs to change in you and in me? Because, see, he ain't done with you. He ain't done with me. He's working on me. I know. All I got to do is get out in traffic and I find out I'm still there. Or don't even ask me go into a store. I drop Shirley off at the door and wait out in the truck car because I don't want to get in there and start fighting for clothes I went with her one time years ago when 40 kids got married I was up in Northgate and we stood there and I picked up this pair of pants and I was looking at I hadn't touched nothing the whole time we was in there and people was running everywhere I picked up this pair of pants on a big table I'm looking at it some lady grabbed it out of my hand and said hey I had them I just looked at her like, I was just looking at it. I started to give her an explanation. I thought it didn't matter if she was ready to fight. <laughs> and I thought, I don't belong here. This is bothering me. What is, what is it that God is saying to you today? God has sent the holy anointing. He has sent the promises The promises are ours in Christ. We ain't earning it. You can't earn to be healed. You can't earn to receive anything. All you have to do is believe him and receive the promise that he has given, already paid for. He is the promise. When he said in that fifth verse, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. You can know that we get to receive that because Jesus, they know where it says you did anything for yourself. Everything was what he did. It's what he did, and we receive it. It's what Paul was talking about in that second chapter of 2 Corinthians. All the promises are ours. Praise God. Come back up, Becky. <clears throat> I began to write down, and I'm not gonna read them all, but I began to write down, and I got a whole page full, two two sides. Two sides of the paper. Every book in the Bible and who Jesus is in that book. You ever ever read that? Did you ever look at that? Because in Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. It was mentioned in Genesis 3.15 that her seed would bruise the head of the enemy. And that is Christ it's talking about. Let me tell you something. Jesus is in every book in the Bible you just find it all over. In Exodus, he was the Passover lamb. Remember? The Passover lamb. In Leviticus, the high priest. In Numbers, he's the cloud by day and the fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like Moses that was coming. It's mentioned in there. There will become one. Moses said, one will come, him you'll hear. Jesus is in everything in this book. I'm not going to read them all. But I got excited, so I got to reading them because I was thinking about him coming into this world. And I began to read them. And I began to realize, because it began to rise up in me who he is, How great he is. And how as great as he was, his attention was on you and me. He looked ahead and he loved you and me. And he paid for your price. Do you understand what it means to have your sins forgiven? Do you understand how important? Do you know what? Nothing in this life can replace it. No amount of money. No amount of smarts. You can write all the books you want. You can read all the books you want. You can get around the most wise and scientific teachers. I I have to tell you this. Maybe I shouldn't. But our doctor is a different man. I don't know if he's listening to this, and I don't want him to hear something off, but When I first went to him, he had bad language. He stunk. Can I say it? He would say, I had a bad smell, bad odor, a bad taste he left in your mouth. But my wife began to witness to him. And he's a changed man. He runs up to me, Jane, pecks me on the back. Hey, I got a scripture for you. And he does that to me all, he does that. He's always bringing up that he's reading the Bible and he's praying. God's changing him. God's returned him to understand that he can smell good in this life. Isn't that beautiful? He's returning his fragrance, the good fragrance, to him. Don't tell me what you did and how it's ruined your fragrance. Oh, I know. You don't understand. Jesus can return you back to smelling good. Praise God. Everybody stand, if you will. if you come to the altar doesn't mean we think you stink and you need help (laughs) you know you come to the altar for the promises of God the promises that Jesus paid for they're mine they're yours this is our altar we can pray at it we can call upon him and can I tell you Look at that dark thing, that dark mist that God looks down from above. Look at the darkness of this world and be one of those that cries out and let your fragrance go up to the Father. I tell you, he hears you. He hears you. It ain't, The darkness cannot take away the light. The light's shining on people. He's calling people to his side. He's fixing to change and to come back and get his children. Are you ready? That's your decision between you and God. Only through Christ you don't have to meet our standard, meet his standard. While they sing something, you come.
6: That's weary tears
1: This altar is always open. Even after we close the service, it's still open. You need to pray. God's speaking to us. I think he's speaking to this church, period. I don't know what he's doing everywhere else. But he's drawing us closer to him. you know how and what you're doing in your life when it comes to you and god you know your walk with the lord he knows you and you know what you're doing in obedience and disobedience god wants you to walk with him let him turn the fragrance to a sweet smell people will not be able to get away without knowing you have been a change in you. There's been a, a heart for Christ. Give him that chance to do that work in you. I got no words to say on judgment day. I got no excuses to give, nor do you. When God has spoke words to my heart, to my mind, spoke truth, I'm accountable. And so are you. Not putting nothing on you. just between you and God. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What a precious plan of salvation that our Father sent his son. Praise God.